Merry Christmas. Welcome to the Christmas Eve service here at Pendleton Center Church. I hope especially at this time of year, you are able to experience the wonder and the joy that Christ brings into each of our lives. If you're new to our church, please pick up a welcome folder at our connection site. For everyone attending our service today, please fill out our little friendship card. Include your name, contact information, especially if you would like one of our church newsletters. On the back, you can ask for prayer requests, share blessings, or leave notes for our staff. Enjoy the service and have a wonderful and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas for this class. Might happen, might happen. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. Will you pray with me? Dear God in heaven, we just pray that your Holy Spirit would be born in us. As Jesus was born in the manger, come and be with us, Lord. Bless us, fill us, help us to experience the living God in this place that we might truly experience Christmas. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we light our Advent candles this evening, hear these words from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 and 6 through 7. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. If you're able to stand as we're going to sing together, angels we have heard on high.
Lord be with you. Please be seated. Again, as I said before, the children are always welcome in our service. But if you've got a child under three and you want to go to the nursery, the nursery is available. And if you have a child between three and third grade, you can meet me in the back of the sanctuary if you'd like them to go out. The kids, by the way, will be coming back just before communion. So watch for them as we're passing the peace and grab them together so that we can... uh, I don't know if I said that right. No, I didn't say that right. (laughs) Take them gently into your arms and put them in the seats next to you so they can join in the lighting of candles. It is a joy to be in God's house, amen? It is a joy to be in a country where we can worship freely, where we can gather together and celebrate what God has done in our lives. And I would love to hear from you tonight something you're thankful for, something where you've experienced God, where God is moving in your life. What are you thankful for tonight? Family, absolutely. Give a shout out if family's one. Yeah, woo, woo, absolutely. Yeah, family. Snow? We've got some thankful for the snow. <laughs> it looks pretty. It looks pretty. I'll give you that. And the roads are dry. We're thankful. We're pleased. Yeah. Anyone else want to share what you're thankful for tonight? Yeah, Blake. What? For your school. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Anyone else? Oh, over here. What are you thankful for? You want to say? For love. Love. Yeah, me too. Very nice. She's thankful for love. I think that's a wonderful way. Absolutely. So God is so good, and he blesses us so much. So as we return our gifts, tithes, and offerings, please take some time to reflect on what God is doing in your life, the great abundance of blessing you have, of love that overflows. Let's share with the Lord tonight. Celebrate the child who is the light, now the darkness is over. No more wandering in the night, celebrate the child who is the light.
Mary, did you know that your baby boy would someday walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you you for your goodness, for your abundance of blessings in our lives, and we pray that you will take these gifts that we give back to you as a reflection of our gratitude and our love. Take these gifts and bless them to be a transformational witness in this world, bringing your light into the darkness, that your love will become known in people's hearts. 
For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. We have a couple of uh, prayer concerns to share with our church family tonight. Uh, please pray for the Canoodala and Clark families. Linda Canoodala passed away this past week, and uh, her uh, calling hours are going to be here at the church December 26th from 3 to 8, and then December 27th, there'll be a funeral service here at 11 a.m. with a luncheon at 1. Also, please pray for Ron Elman. Um, he had surgery, but he's having some complications, so he needs prayers for healing. And pray for um, Marge Riggs' husband, who had surgery and is still in the hospital and needs prayers for healing as well. Do we have any other prayers to have lifted up tonight? Any other concerns on your heart? We're all good? Wow. Over here. Over here, please, absolutely. Yes. Prayers for the family of Matthew Smith, who died suddenly on um, Friday, a young man. Okay. Anyone else? Okay, let's pray. Gracious and loving Lord, we come to you tonight celebrating your son, Emmanuel, God with us, the light in our darkness. We praise your name and we come to you knowing that you love us and that you are good and we, we come to you with burdens on our hearts, things that we've been carrying and we pray that you'll take them from us for you said your yoke is light and that you would take these burdens from us. Lord, I pray for people who are hurting physically that they will have complete healing in their body. We pray that disease be gone and pain be bound and cast out because sickness has no place. We pray for people who are experiencing brokenness in their relationships, that there will be healing of hearts, that relationships will come together and they will see one another with your eyes and your heart. Bring people together, bring peace. Lord, we pray for people who are suffering from anxiety and depression. We pray that your spirit will come and dwell with people in this way, that they will have your joy and your peace, that they will know that you are there, and they will walk on firm foundation. We pray for people who are in mourning, people with heavy hearts, Lord, we pray that you will wrap them in your loving arms, providing comfort and love and peace. Lord, wrap them and care for them. Help us to be a supportive and caring community that reaches out to people in need. Lord, we pray for those who are, have gone through natural disasters. Lord, there's so much pain in the world. We pray that your presence will be there and people will experience you in the midst of struggles of all kinds. We pray that your hand will be upon our families. There'll be a blanket of protection over our families. Guide us in your way. Help us to make your choices, your ways. Help us to walk in ways that glorify you. And Lord, we lift up to you anyone that does not know you, 
we pray that their hearts be fertile ground that they will receive your spirit and come to know you lord draw people closer and help us to be witnesses fill us with your love fill us with your grace give us your mercy lord we celebrate the light we celebrate your light and rejoice in what you're doing in our lives for the healing that you're bringing and we thank you and we praise your name for it's in Jesus's holy name we pray amen now let's hear from the word of the Lord Merry Christmas. Next reading tonight is from Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went their own town to register. So Joseph also went up to the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Merry Christmas again. Reading from Luke 2, continuing verses 8 through 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Me and the Lord, we've got an understanding. We're on a mission from God. Mission from God. You know, we've talked over the last few months about our mission for God. But did you know that God has a mission too? The Missio Dei, the mission of God, is to bring people together with God. We call it the atonement, which really just, if you break it down, says to make us at one with God. And the mission of God is all wrapped up in Jesus. It's all explained. It all happens through Jesus. Jesus is completely God, but he's also completely human. One plus one equals one. We do strange math in the Christian faith. And sometimes it's so difficult that it's hard for us to even grasp what's really going on because we struggle with the idea of God being human. We have our our manger scenes, our creches this time of year, and we have our little porcelain Jesus. This is the way we like to keep Jesus. He's perfect. He's flawless. He's created in just such a way we have to love him, and we put him in our pocket and we keep him there. That's the way we want to think about God. And that's the way we imagine the plan of God, the mission of God, something perfect, planned in heaven. Have you ever had a perfect plan? Maybe you have one for tomorrow. The perfect meal. The perfect gifts. The perfect set table. The perfect day. And then people get involved, right? doesn't work the way we thought it would. Anybody ever had that happen? It didn't come out the way we thought it would. We like to look at the scene in Bethlehem and have this image in our minds of something that would be just idyllic, 
But then we realized the kings were late. The angels never really showed up. They stayed up in the sky. And Mary's midwives were a bunch of dirty shepherds. They had a feeding trough for the place to lay the baby. The place smelled. After all, it was a barn. I imagine Mary was exhausted and Joseph was miserable. And then some kid shows up with a drum and starts banging on them. <laughs> Just saying. As soon as people get involved, everything we thought gets a little, well, like this. An angel came to see Mary. She was doing laundry. And then the angel just appeared and she was really scared. So Gabriel was like, Mary, you're going to have, what? I can't, I can't say good. Mary, you're going to have a baby. I, you're going to have a baby and you will call him Jesus. And then Mary was like, I'm not going to have a baby yet. I'm only a teenager. I'm not married. Then the angel Gabriel told Joseph that Mary is not lying. She, you are having a new baby. And so they met up. They went to Bethlehem, which was Joseph's old town. They ride a donkey. <laughs> a camel. Oh yeah, a camel. She said, this donkey's fast. Well, they tried to go to a hotel and they asked the keeper um, for a place to stay. The keeper said, we have no rooms, literally no rooms. <laughs> so Mary and Joseph walked away sadly, but then he said, the only place in here in Bethlehem that, that you can stay, stay is a staple. And then he just pointed the way and they followed. When the shepherds were taking care of the sheep, then they saw angels. The angel said, a new baby is getting born, who is king of the Jews. The angel was singing. Glorious. And then the shepherds said, I think we should go there and meet him. The second, I think, said, yeah, I agree with you. And the other said, yeah, me too. They had to walk through a bunch of grass and bushes, maybe have to camp out a night. And then the wise men heard about it. And then a star appeared. We should probably follow that star. It's pointing down to the barn. So maybe we should follow it. Maybe. So the wise men went to Jesus. They gave them gifts. A stuffed animal, like a hippo one, that I have at home. Some diapers, and some wipes, and some milk, some shoes, some Jordans. Gold ring and Latimer. And I don't know how I would survive in that barn. Too stinky, too crowded, and ugh. I think he probably pooped because the room was very smelly. Thank you for coming. He's adorable. He's gonna be our best friend. I love you, and you're the best baby I ever seen. There, I said it. There, I said it. Now that's the Christmas story. Probably pretty close to the way it really happened. 
Because you see, the, the difficulty is, is our idea of a porcelain Jesus is a, that's a Jesus of religion. In fact, years ago, they had a heresy where, where they tried to say that Jesus was a man and God came upon him at his baptism when he said, this is my beloved son, listen to him. And then on the cross, when Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He went away. And so it really wasn't that Jesus was fully human and fully divine. It was just a show. But you see, if it's just a show, then it doesn't really matter at all. It's just something we do. Like some people go to church on Christmas Eve because it's something we do. But God has something else in mind. Have you ever had somebody say to you when you're going through a real struggle, I mean, you have a real problem, you feel as if, as if life is tearing you apart, and they say to you, I know what you're going through, and you know that they don't. Ever had that happen? You know, if they do know, you get it, but if they don't know, you want to just say, just don't say that, right? It helps for us to understand God, to know that he understands us, that God actually went through some of the stuff that we've gone through. Jesus was poor. They profiled him. Oh, you're a Nazarene. Nothing good comes from Nazarene, they said. They insulted him. They treated him like a criminal. His own home people rejected him. The Bible says he was tempted, really tempted, and that he got angry. And he got sad. And he was concerned. And he was happy. And there are times where he was incredibly successful, more successful than most people ever are, and then he was a complete failure and died as a criminal on a cross. Does he know everything we're going through? No, but it it helps to know that the one who calls himself our Savior knows something of what we're doing. Real love is when people walk through the difficulties and are willing to be real with us. In a marriage, it it happens when a husband first sees her wife without makeup, right, ladies? (laughs) Or guys, when we stop holding our chest up and we let our belly out? (laughs) You know what I mean. When we stop being that show of a person and we become real and open up who we are and take a chance and become vulnerable enough to let people see who we really are, that vulnerability, sharing in other people's pains and lives, somehow that just draws us close to each other in a way nothing else can. See, we... We need it so much in our world. We built a culture based on never admitting that we're weak, never admitting that we're broken, never admitting that we need anything or that we've ever done anything wrong that we've ever sinned. But we all know we have. We all know each and every one of us have failed and broken at some point in time. And just to have somebody in life that we can go to and share who we really are. Years ago, I had a fellow I met. He was a pastor, 
And I met him because he was the guy in charge of a committee that would decide who would get ordained or not, and his committee, including him, voted against me getting ordained. I don't want you to worry. I got approved by somebody else, you know. We went around him. He didn't like that, but we did. I got to know him a little better because my wife went to work for him, which was a little weird. And then he and his wife bought a cottage where we have a cottage at Silver Lake. And we actually started to become friends. We started going sailing together. I don't know if you've ever been sailing. It's just a little sailboat. And in a sailboat, you like every 20 minutes to a half an hour actually do something, like move a sail or something. Otherwise, you're just like hanging. Well, if you hang with someone for long enough, you get past the chit-chat, you get past the superficial stuff, and somewhere along the line, you start to talk about real stuff. You know what I'm talking about? And I actually had somebody that I took a chance with, and I shared what I really was worried about, what really tempted me, where my failures and worries and concerns were, and he shared those with me. We used to say we had mutual destruction because if either of us ever said what we said in that boat, somehow having someone like that, a person we can turn to to just open up our hearts, can mean an awful lot. And I treasured those times out on the boat until we came back to shore one time and my wife met us and said, you know, you do realize that your voice carries across the lake and we hear everything you're talking about out there on the lake. Oh my gosh, I opened up myself to the whole world. I was worried about my wife hearing it. After all, she, she knows everything and still loves me. You see how that works? So Jesus being one of us is, is essential because it means God actually has some sense of who we are and what we are. But it goes greater than that. And, and, and it's also wrapped up in this whole thing from the Old Testament, the sacrificial system that they had. In, in the book of Hebrews, it talks about it. In chapter 9, it says, In fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Now, that's, that's just something we're, we don't have quite as much of an understanding of that somehow wrapped up in the idea that these animals died was that we gained life, that we were forgiven. And somehow wrapped up in the death of Jesus, which I know is Easter, but Christmas and Easter are tied together, somehow in that we gain life too. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 13, it says, The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean, sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean. Going to church back then was kind of a little... They would actually sprinkle you with blood. You wouldn't be wearing your finest clothes tonight, would you? But you see, the idea was that, that this was wrapped up in the great commandments of God and somehow... By living out the commandments of God, the people were made holy. They were sanctified. They were made perfect again. You know what the two commandments are, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. See, the sacrificial system was based on the idea that you bring something to God that is so valuable to you that it proves to God that your faith in God is real. That was the idea behind it. That you love God so much that you would give something very precious. So the, the sacrificial animal was to be your best. 
Not your leftovers, but the best you had. If you were poor, it could be a little bit of grain, but, but as you got wealthier and wealthier, it became an unblemished lamb and then a bowl and then, then maybe many bowls. It was a powerful thing, proving that people loved God, but, but you see, somewhere even that, they twisted around until they started thinking it was just, you know, I do it wrong, I make the sacrifice, like you're paying in a vending machine. The other thing people don't realize about the sacrificial system, it was actually a way to distribute the wealth. God knew that poor people didn't eat any meat. They didn't have the money to eat meat, so they never, never, ever had meat in their diet. But through the sacrificial system, what would happen is all the people would come to worship, the poor people would give what little they have, the rich people would give all these animals, and they would have a giant barbecue. Because that's what happened with the animals. So everybody got a hamburger or a lamb chop or something like that. And and they stepped into the brokenness of the poor people. It was based in loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and loving our neighbor. And it was based on things, the sacrifices being the best we have. Perfect. And so in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 14, it says, How much more then? Will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our conscience from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God? Jesus is the perfect sacrifice. Jesus, Jesus being perfect can represent us. I read the other day an article where, where the fellow said, Jesus couldn't possibly be really biologically the child of Mary because if he did, then he would actually have the stain of original sin. And see, for this guy, it was troublesome, the idea that Jesus might have something wrong with him. He wouldn't be perfect enough. You know, in life, I've, I've tried to be perfect. I, I imagine you guys do too, right? You try to do the right thing. You try to be good. You try to be loving. You try to do everything right. How many of you succeed? Yeah, me too. I'm going to tell you. I know. I mess up. I do. I don't want to, but I do. And the difficulty is that the atonement, making us one with God, is not based on us being good enough. In fact, a relationship between two people in love is never based on anybody being perfect. Amen? It just doesn't work that way. Those relationships don't last any length of time. A couple of weeks ago, we looked at a passage from Matthew chapter 9 that said, Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I've come not to call the righteous, but sinners. The sacrifice system didn't work. And to believe that somehow we we find salvation, we find atonement with God through the idea that Jesus became like a sheep for us is missing what really happened at Easter and what happens in God becoming Emmanuel with us at Christmas. Jesus became human just like us. A few years ago, there was a song out. You might remember this. What if God were one of us? Just a slob like one of us. Just a stranger on a bus trying to find his way home. I did not like that song. Anybody else? I thought that was so insulting. 
to my porcelain Jesus. Do you know what I'm saying? You can't make God be a slob like me. Because then you destroy the whole image that my religion is based on. I want a perfect Jesus. Not a broken one. I want a porcelain Jesus. But the problem is, is that Jesus doesn't make an atonement happen. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says this, God made him who had no sin, him who had no sin, that's Jesus, to be sin for us so that we in him might become the righteousness of God. You see, when it says that Jesus took the sins of the world unto himself, what that means is that Jesus became broken. See, the problem with the atonement is that God is perfect and we are not. And you can't mix perfect and imperfect and keep perfect. Do you follow what happens? You can't mix dirty us with a perfect God because then you're going to mess up God. It's like mixing oil and water, right? You can't put them together unless you've got an emulsifier. That's what they call it in chemistry. In your kitchen, you call it dishwashing liquid, right? Makes the two work together. And Jesus became the emulsifier because actually God himself died to the idea of being perfect. And he killed the idea that we had to be perfect in the process. That takes a load off, doesn't it? His death, you see, was a real pain. Yes, the human Jesus died on a cross in an agonizing way, but the God Jesus died to his righteousness and took all that brokenness, all that sin, all that stuff that's messed up about us into who he was. It's not about a perfect Jesus. It's about a broken Jesus. That's what real love is. Christmas is about God loving us so much that he steps into our painful lives. And he brings us hope. And he brings us mercy. And he brings us love. And he brings us dreams from glory. This time of year, I was talking about this a couple weeks ago, everybody watches these Hallmark movies. You know the ones I'm talking about? And the, the humorous part is, I can tell you what the story's about before it begins. You're going to have this woman, okay? And she's engaged to some kind of overworking, dweeby, nerdy guy, right? He's good looking, but he's not quite the right guy. We all know that. And somehow she gets a little away from him, and some guy in a flannel shirt who hasn't shaved in five days shows up. (laughs) Always, right? You can pick this up, right? And they go in this little, little cat and mouse game until they fall in love and they, they, they're all happy and they're in love with each other and, you know, they're almost kissing but not. And it's just oh, so delightful. And then 20 minutes before the movie ends, they come into some misunderstanding and they break up and they go separate ways and, and you think, oh, gosh, the movie's not going to end like this. This is terrible. This is awful. And they play with you for about 15 minutes. And then five minutes before the movie ends right? They get back together, and they resolve their difference, and in the last minute, they kiss in the snowfalls, right? You know this. You know this. You've seen these movies. 
I talked about this a couple weeks ago. But I was watching the Hallmark Channel. I'm admitting it, and I'm a guy, okay? You know. I'm watching the Hallmark Channel, and there's this one on there with a girl named Chris Kringle. Yeah, really. Chris Kringle. And she got Santa Claus's Naughty and Nice book. And she's looking at it, and, and, and she talks to, to the book and says a name, and it shows everything that person did bad, all their naughty stuff. And she's like getting everybody she's wanted to get all along, you know? And there is another guy in the movie, but this guy, he's not on shade. You know, he shaves, and he's kind of not quite so... I'm trying to figure out how he fits. He just seems to be a friend. Can you imagine such a thing? And so somewhere about 20 minutes before the movie ends, she realizes that there's also a nice part to Santa Claus's book, and she starts to look at the same people she's been tearing apart with the naughty part of the book. And she realizes that really the naughty person, the nasty person, is her. She's hurt everybody. She even hurt her fiancé. You know the guy we know she's not going to meet, right? She hurt everybody. And she realizes she's really the one who's broken, and she has to step into their brokenness and try to fix things. And here's the most amazing part. In the last five minutes of the movie... She gets back together with her fiancé. You know the guy she's not supposed to marry. And in the last minute, he gives her a ring, and they kiss and the snow falls. I'm like, wow, they blew the whole thing. I mean, completely went out of form. Why am I telling you this? Well, because God did the same thing. He went out of form. He went in an unpredictable way. When someone hurts us, we want to hate them. When we hurt someone else, we expect to be cut off from them. But God stepped into the brokenness, the mission of God. The people living in darkness have seen a great light. And God is willing to step into our brokenness, step into our pain, step into our dysfunction. Because he loves us that much. That's the mission of God, to reconnect us with God. The sacrifice is not what we do for God because we will always fail. It's what God was willing to do for us to overcome our sin and our death and our brokenness. So my friend, who we had a lot of good years together with, his wife died a year ago. After that, he started having a series of health issues. One after another, he's having surgeries. He's, he's, he's having problems I don't want to describe because it just, they're the kind of thing that just make life miserable, even for the people that visit him. And I've got to tell you, I don't like visiting him. I shouldn't say this because I'm, you know, I'm being vulnerable with you guys now, really, seriously. I don't like going there. I know I'm going to have to clean something up. It's going to smell. I'm not going to enjoy it. It's like going to the manger, really, the real one. All he does is talk about the same stuff, mostly about his problems, mostly about something that's wrong with him, maybe a little bit of a story about the past. I called him today. He wanted me to do something for him, which I did. 
and I go to visit him. Not because somehow I think I'm going to get something from it, not because I like it, but because, isn't that what love is? Really, isn't it that somewhere along the line we find people that we can be connected to and it's not what they can give to us, but what we can just be with each other? God steps into our brokenness not because we've got something to give him, not because, believe it or not, you're such a wonderful prize for God to be with, but because God loves you and because he wants to be a part of your world and your life, even if you don't know why. To us, a son is given. To us, a child is born. And it isn't a porcelain Jesus. And I like this. I like this scene here. I'm not sure about that drummer boy. But see, that Jesus is born to us changes our lives. It's a very personal thing. Now, you guys are probably going to give some gifts out or get some gifts for Christmas, right? How many here are expecting to either give or get a gift? Now, probably all of you, right? But it's not your birthday. You do know that, right? I mean, I'm just making sure. Whose birthday is it? Yeah, so here's some gifts you could give to Jesus, all right? You could, you could do what they did with the sacrificial system, and if you've got something extra, find somebody who doesn't. Leave a bag of groceries or somebody who's hurting. Give somebody some money on the side that they won't even know about. Slip something in somebody's pocket or leave it in their mailbox. Because you can. In doing so, you'll be like God. And you give a great gift to Jesus. Also, find somebody who has nothing, no reason for you to be with them. And go spend some time with them. Just because that's what people should do with each other. Someday it's going to be us, right? Pass it along to someone who just needs someone to step into their brokenness and be with them for a little while. And then finally complete God's mission. He was willing to go all the way to losing who he is, his perfection, for you. All he's asking you to do is say, okay, I'll take a step your way. We're going to sing a song. It's called, What Child Is This? You know, when I, when I looked up the, the verses to this song, I looked them up to see uh, what the words were as I remembered them, and I came across this interesting thing, that in the original song, there was actually a second chorus, a second chorus, which we'll sing tonight. Nails, spears, shall pierce him through. The cross be born for me, for you. Hail, hail, the word made flesh. The babe, the son of Mary.
church on Christmas Eve for a lot of reasons. And maybe you want to keep your porcelain Jesus, and I understand that. It's hard sometimes to let go of that God of religion, that one we can keep away from us. But tonight I'm inviting you to a Jesus that can change your life. He's changed mine. A Jesus that took me and all my brokenness, and you guys know my brokenness, all right, and still wanted to be with me. So if you're interested in the real Jesus, I invite you to prayer of confession tonight. Dear God in heaven, I have sinned. I've not looked for you. I've looked for a perfect God, a distant God. Forgive me, Lord. Come close to me. Love me as only God can love me. Forgive me when I try to be perfect and I fail. Help me to love as you have loved me. Be with me, Lord. Turn my life around and let Christmas be real for me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You're this close to being perfect. You know that. This close. Before you came into this room, I don't know what you expected to have happen tonight, but you're about to be perfect. I want you to take that in. You're going to be perfect. Everything you've ever done wrong, everything you've ever had bad in your life will be gone, wiped away. And all you have to think about is the future, not the past anymore. God decided to do that before you came tonight. 
Are you ready? In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen.
children of God, the family of God, we gather together. Let's share the peace of the Holy Spirit with one another. Jesus Christ invites you to the table tonight. This isn't our meal, this is his meal. And he's said it and given to you no matter who you are, where you come from, what you've been, or what you think of yourself. God himself wants you to join him at his table. So you're welcome to come to the table this evening. Receive God. Receive the blessing of God born to you. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us 
the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through the prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy holy Lord, Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you. Blessed is your son, Jesus Christ, who was willing to come and be with us, to walk with us and teach us and love us and care for us and heal us. And yet in our brokenness, we turned against him. We gave him sin for love. We gave him hate for healing. We gave him brokenness and hung him on a cross because he wanted to save us. And yet in the midst of all this pain, God loved us anyway. God gave this meal on the very night when he was betrayed by his closest friends, his disciples. He took the bread, he gave thanks to God, and then he broke the bread. And he gave it to his disciples and he said, take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Eat of this, remembering me. When the supper was over, he took the cup. He gave thanks to God, and he gave it to his disciples, and he said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant. It's poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Drink of this, remembering me. And so, in remembrance of these mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving. As we proclaim the mystery of faith, Christ has died, Christ Christ is is risen, risen. Christ Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And now as confident children of God, let's pray the prayer that he taught us in saying, Our Our Father, who who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We'll be serving at four stations. Will those who are serving come forward at this time, please?
Tonight we'll be taking communion by intinction, which means that we ask that you come, take a piece of the bread and dip it in the cup and commune immediately. You're welcome to come to any of the stations that are available. There'll be four here in the middle and two on the ends. We ask that you come by the center aisle or the outside aisles and go back by these aisles. I don't know the names of If you'd like to pause for prayers for anointing and healing and to make a commitment, you're welcome to do that with either Pastor Sherry or myself or to light a candle as your prayer. Come and join us with the Lord.
brought to where they're seated. If there's anyone who would like communion brought to where they are, please raise your hand. Before we do this, it's important that you understand that these are like flames. We don't like swing them all around, do crazy things, and try to draw diagrams in the sky. And, and when you light them, it's important that you light them the right way. And it's amazing how many people I tell this and but they don't really hear. So listen. The person with the lit candle goes like this. And the person with the unlit candle goes like that. This way we don't spill hot wax on each other, you get it? Maybe you're into that, but we're not. I didn't say that, did I?
he touch you in your hearts and come to be that living presence for you. May he turn you around. You don't have to be perfect. Just be at one with God. Let him do the rest. God wants to love you. May God be born to you this day. And may God bless your Christmas. May he make sure that there's no calorie, no cholesterols, no fat. And everything to go perfect, even if it doesn't. And may God teach you how to love one another tomorrow. That there'll be no family arguments or fusses or troubles about anything. But that everything will be perfect. As perfect as can possibly be. May God bless you with a wonderful Christmas. And with a wonderful life. On his peace.